0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Dad's Worldwide Podcast. Once again, we appreciate you all listening. Today, we're going to continue our discussion on the documentary, The Red Pill. This will be part two of our episode where we continue dissecting the movie and its content, and we will also get to all of our listener write-ins, everyone that's taking the time to watch the movie and send in their thoughts and opinions as well.
1: And don't forget to follow us on social media. Give us some likes, subscribe, review. Let us know what you think. Um, Obviously, we'd love the five stars, but if you think we could do a better job, please let us know, and uh, we'll do our best. Dads Worldwide. The first word in family management.
0: Family budgeting, insurance, bills, food, vacations, research and development, homework, emails, phone calls. Last week we tried to do an oil change and ended up with a new car. Security, doors are locked, windows shut, house alarm is set, fingerless
1: gloves, dads worldwide, loyal listeners, possibly you! Welcome to another episode of Dads Worldwide. I'm Brendan. I'm Jim. And thanks again for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Uh, And uh, chances are, if you're listening to this this episode, you listened to the last episode. Hopefully by now you've watched the movie uh, and you found it as at least uh, somewhat interesting. Um, All right, I think we're just going to dive right in. Uh, We left off. We were talking a lot about religion and uh, how that affects the red pill. Uh, yeah, so I think from there, um, we, they went into talking about, I already lost my place in my notes, um, that, uh, so Dr. Farrell, so we were talking about Mm -hmm. Dr. Farrell and the creepy guy. Paul Farrell, yeah. Yeah, that, um, now he doesn't, he doesn't agree that it's a patriarchal society and that his main his main argument is that women aren't really oppressed by men. And men may have invented these rules, but at the expense, at their own expense. Right. And not at the expense of the women. Uh, Now, Dr. Farrell is also someone that uh, for a long time was doing talks, uh, motivational speaking, that type of thing, and going around to these different And actually talking at feminist rallies and whatnot. He was huge into it. And then he started talking about men's rights, and then he got kicked out. Yes. (laughs) Subsequently kicked out. Um, And uh, from there, I think, uh, so Cassie asked uh, what uh, patriarchy's number one privileges were. Uh, and I think Mr. Elam was one. Paul Elam was the one that said patriarchy's number one privilege: ninety-nine point nine percent of combat deaths, ninety-four percent of work deaths, seventy-six percent of homicides, and seventy-five percent of suicides. Um, I mean, if you really don't dig into those numbers, I mean, that's pretty staggering. It's pretty shocking.
0: So, I mean, I, I think first of all, so I I had to. I had to look up the, the word patriarchy because the theme, yeah. the theme yeah. came up so much during the movie and I yeah. wanted to make sure I was clear on what they were discussing. You know, I had a general idea of it. I had heard it once or twice. But I think the,
1: everyone has a general idea of what yeah. patriarchy means. But yeah. so,
0: so defined, uh, there's a couple different definitions of the word or a couple different parts to the definition. I think the one bullet point from patriarchy, that this movie is based off of states, a system of society or government in which men hold the power and women are largely excluded from it.
1: So so uh, what power? Right. Uh, that would be my only question. I mean, I don't... What power?
0: What power do men hold?
1: Yeah, and that's where those... those that's where he says patriarchy is number one privilege, and he goes through all those stats. Right, you know the video gaming, the you know the you know what is it, uh, porn addiction, and all that stuff. Um, which I don't think they really have.
0: Well, they talked solid about, numbers
1: on half that stuff. But, they they
0: yeah. they talked about. Um, I don't. I think, I think it was Paul Farrell that talked about. uh we. Uh, it was. It's the term is called a status quo world, and he had said that um, in a status quo world men have all the power women are oppressed and everyone is brainwashed and i said that's the basis of the well, feminism movement
1: okay all right so so
0: that was from when like you talked about yeah but, but was, like if
1: you look back 30 or 40 years ago 50 years ago then women were pretty oppressed mm-hmm. I, I mean they if they went into the workplace what did they do they were largely teachers or hairstylists or, you know, nursing. Nurses. You know, yeah, they uh, secretaries. Mm-hmm. And that's what they were expected to do. That's what they were told they were going to do. So.
0: Until a war broke out.
1: Yeah. And I mean, then you have yeah. the
0: whole Rosie the Riveter movement where women well, were working in the
1: factories. and All the able-bodied men were getting shot. Right. So. Um, and that's not fault of the women, right? I mean, uh, they weren't allowed to serve in those types of roles and they still barely are now. Um, yeah, I, I I mean, so fast forward to today and they can do a lot more of these other jobs. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, are they, I mean, are they currently really being oppressed
0: I mean, I guess it depends on who you're talking to. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. because in the in the fem, feminism feminist movement, you have a underlying theme of yeah, women are still oppressed.
1: I well, I don't know. I, I think more maybe they're just they're claiming they need equality, so that we've gone over that oppression type thing, right? Mm-hmm. We've got to the point where um, we've moved above that. Okay, so we're not necessarily being oppressed. Uh, In most ways, but now we want like their equal pay. They're looking at equal, you know, just equality across the board. Um, But I don't, I don't know. I think, yeah, one of our respondents actually mentions that. Yes. All right. So, and then. uh, So Dr. Michael Kimmel. So he's a supporter of the feminist movement. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Cassidy. Cassie J goes and talks to him and he asked, she asked him a question of the MRA movement and he says, it's really a gender version of the white nationalist movement, reverse racism or genderism. I mean, do you really think that they're part of the white nationalist movement? I mean, from what we, from if you watch the video, I mean, do you really gain that impression? I didn't. I'll be straight up. I didn't, I didn't.
0: I feel like I don't feel like they're part of any white nationalist movement or any hate group. I feel like the men's rights movement and this was talked about during the movie uh was came about as a result of the feminist movement, so it's the other yeah. side of the story
1: absolutely i think uh, I, I
0: don't but I don't think that has anything to do with hate and 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 they also mentioned this in the movie political organization comes from a feeling feeling of victimization
1: yeah i mean if you're what's the custodial parents eighty one point six percent are women eighteen point three percent are men yeah i mean if if they're just asking for equality or fair treatment across there, I mean, wh- why is that unreasonable? Why is that a white nationalist thing? Why right. is that a, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Maybe women deserve more of the custodial, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, maybe they deserve more of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it did, did the feminist movement go just a little bit too far to the point where they're, they're now favored above men? In certain aspects of life, like I don't think like the war stats. It's not because, it's not because we hate men more than you know. Yeah. You know, there's no. It's not. There's no equality there because of the gender. It's just that. That's just that's mm-hmm. the way it's been for so long. You know, I mean, I, it doesn't prove that there's bias against men. I mean, I mean, men have just always been the war. The the infantrymen, infantrymen. Right. They're the ones that go into fighting the wars. It's just right. the way it's always been. There's no so, and that really hasn't changed. So I mean, using that as a stat I think is unfair, but yeah.
0: I mean, there's no debating that the feminist movement is obviously a well organized, strong vocal movement. And like any type of uh organization that comes together. You're gonna have people that are in it for the right reasons, and then you're gonna have people that get in it and become radical uh, members of that. And I think that's kind of where this movie displayed feminism with big red. Mm-hmm. I don't know that she oh. was necessarily a probably the the better or even even the the woman that uh, ran the magazine. you know, uh, two very strong opinions of feminism. yeah, I'm not sure that they're necessarily you
1: know, speak who, who for the you, body. Yeah, who do you want representing you? Right. That type of thing, yeah.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they mentioned in the movie, and they, they posed the question, the feminist movement or the feminist perspective is the mainstream perspective, and that there's always a need for an equal opposite to counterbalance that, and that's what the men's rights movement was trying to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think politically, if you look at the political <clears throat> political class, then they do pander to that movement, a lot of them. Um, but they want to get reelected. Right. So whether it's right or it's wrong, they're going to pander to the person that they believe to be um, the group that's being wronged. That's who they're going to attach to, who, who they believe to be wronged. Yeah.
0: they go into two you know I mean, we talked about this in part one you know sex roles and how sex roles have been defined since the beginning of time and the men's sex role was to be a, a provider or a producer and uh, the women's sex role was to be a reproducer mm-hmm. and you know That's that's a hard, you know, that's, that's, you know, I think one of our, one of our writers uh, in said that, you know, that's a religious, that's a religious terminology and religions have been at war with each other since also the beginning of time. Yeah. So why should we be. Why keep following it? Following, you know, that, that way of thinking. And it should be as simple as but i th-
1: I think I think uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, patriarchal, but but even so, I mean, I, I again, if we're really gonna follow what the Bible says or what I mean, I mean, in the, when you take your vows, if you go Catholic, they actually ask the woman if she wants to say that you know she's going to obey the man. Right. I mean, no one says that anymore, but I mean... Yeah, you were an, you is, had a Catholic wedding. I don't yeah, remember that part. No, because uh, Jamie did not agree <laughs> to, to do that one. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's how I say, I don't think men have all the power nowadays, and I really don't... I mean, I don't know anyone in my life that oppresses their wife or their girlfriend or... I mean... We can say that we live in a patriarchal society as far as that, you know, still I think a lot of women take the man's name mm-hmm. when they get married. But, I mean, I think that's where it kind of ends.
0: But is that patriarchy or is that?
1: That's part of it. That's putting on the male bloodline, yeah. right? That's keeping on the male bloodline. Yeah. And But, I mean, ultimately, I mean, is, you know, I, I know more men that have to wife, ask their wife permission than, you know. Right are you know truly wear the pants in the family and you know just do whatever they want you know so <laughs> you know i so i don't see that as something that that is truly happening you know so you call it patriarchal all you want but i mean but then we go into the political thing you know realm of things and yeah there's a lot more men around there's a lot more men running things there's a lot more men in higher positions and and i i mean really i was thinking about this on the way in too i mean when you how long have women really like been in the workforce? Yeah. It it's rare. Right. It's not rare. It's not it's not been a long time. I mean in the grand scheme In the grand scheme of things, Correct. women have really like the feminist movement where, you know, what, probably since the 80s, where w- women like finally were able to, you know, do what they wanted mm-hmm. and then it's gotten better and better. And better, and so, yeah. I mean, really, in the grand sk- so, the, those numbers are going to take a while to yeah. even out.
0: Uh, yeah, and you know, I think uh, we also, if you think of generations, we we even you and I were still in raised in a generation where, uh, you know, the the man was supposed to. Provide for his family, regardless of yeah. what was going on. Yeah. But now we have a generation of millennials who are defying everything that
1: yeah I mean, has been
0: laid laid since the beginning of time. So this, that's fine. This if might they, uh, this might be the generation that changes changes
1: it all the way. Hey, if they want society it, works whatever, whatever. Like I said in the last mm-hmm. episode, if my if my wife was able to work. Make six figures, support the family, and I was supposed to stay home and take care of the kids. Hell yeah, I'd do it. Absolutely, you know, whatever. Yeah, you know that. I so yeah. I just, I don't. I just think it's a lot different. And just overarchingly generalizing it and saying that we're a patriarchal society, I don't necessarily agree. I just, I don't see it that way. I don't see. I don't see that. I don't see it, especially not. Women aren't property. uh, You know. Women aren't, aren't really being oppressed. Do they have all the opportunities that men have? Maybe not. I mean, so is that a, a form of oppression?
0: I know, and they brought up in the movie, you know, you, you don't see women fighting to get jobs in coal mines and things like that. Again, That's
1: digging. I, I yeah. think
0: that was a theatrical, you know.
1: I, no, I think there's some truth to that. I, they, they think more and more women are getting in dirty jobs, but just not. That many, right. which is why it's so still male-dominated. Right. It's just you don't see a lot of them. But
0: it's not because it's not because the women haven't given the opportunity.
1: No, anyone can join a union. Right. Has, right. I mean, honestly, the union would probably welcome them. Right. Um, anyone can join the... Uh, so you
0: can't blame that on patriarchy. It's just that... No. It's just... It's not a desired job by a lot of people, men
1: and women. Again, women lean mm-hmm. towards certain careers. Right. Whether or not that's socially engineered, I don't know. I can't, I mean, I can't speak to that. But, I mean, when we were in high school, what did they tell everybody? You need to go to college. You need to go to college. Right. You need to go to college. Were they pushing vocational? No, absolutely not. No. I mean, women dominate the nursing industry. It's like nine to one. I think there's 90% are female. Yeah. Are you telling me they don't make good money?
0: hmm
1: Nurses make pretty damn good money. Yep. Um, yeah, but then a lot of women lean towards teaching. They have that emotional, want that to help nurturing. That, that nurturing thing, you know? So that, unfortunately, that career is a labor of love <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> they're not paid fantastic. However, some, uh, states, you know, try to balance that with pretty awesome benefits. Correct. So, uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't. I don't see the. I don't see the overarching patriarchal society that they are speaking of. I don't see it. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Because we do live in our bubble. Right. I mean, it's true. We live yeah. in our bubble. I mean, I try to pay attention to politics and the world and that type of thing. But, um, yeah, yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it at all. But, uh,
0: they said only forty-six percent. Uh, was it forty six percent of CEOs for Fortune five hundred companies are women? Yeah. Well, that's I mean that's fairly equal. That's almost half.
1: No, no, no. It was only like four or five percent of women were were uh, CEOs. No, no, no. It was really a small number. Why do I have forty six there? I oh, think that that's might be four point six. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's four point six. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 it's really small. Uh, yeah. But th- does that mean because they haven't had the opportunity, or they're just being discriminated against because they're women? Right. I mean, how do you prove that? How do you prove it? I don't know. But that, so, so if they're screaming for equality, then what's the equality that they're looking for? Are they looking for just more women to be shoved into positions that? Of these positions, I mean, maybe there's not enough women that qualify for those positions.
0: And then, so now now you're getting into a... if you So if you're going to say, all right, we're just going to throw out easy numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Say there's only 100 Fortune 500 companies in the country, mm-hmm. all right? And so we want equality. So the most equal way to split 100 is 50-50. So now what you're doing is you're you're saying, all right, so 50% of all the Fortune 500 companies need to have a female CEO. That sounds all well and good, but are we taking... Now we're putting more government regulations on private companies.
1: That's not even government regulation. That's government force. Force. Yeah, that's government force.
0: Force on private companies and now you're gonna. Now you're looking at a situation where, um, you're not necessarily hiring the based best off qualified qualified candidates. You're 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 hiring based off of gender gender and uh, not having to deal with whatever fines are going to be imposed by the federal government if you don't follow their rules.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah.
0: So that's one, one you know. Example of equality. Well, th-
1: that would be the question of how do you gain equality? Right. How, do, how do you do it? What's right. the end game? How how do you? And then, yeah, how do you force equal pay? It's the same thing, right? How do you force that?
0: And you know, we we're supposed to. This is supposed to be a free society. A free society. Uh, and so, how do you? Uh, it's all so hard. It is. It's all so hard. You yeah. know, how do you maintain a free society and then also have equality across the board? And I'm not saying that you I can. agree.
1: I, I don't think you can. I really don't think you can. I'm, the I'm, only equality that you can have is you can you can say that it's a free market and people are free to go find a job and free to apply to it and free to be qualified. You know what I mean? And I,
0: I I, I just want to be clear. I I don't agree with nepotism. I don't agree with cronyism, but I'm also not going to tell you that I don't believe those things exist in these huge businesses because they do.
1: Yeah. But I mean, again, uh, I mean, nepotism is one of those things is, if some dude wants to hire his son and it's his business, are you going to tell him he can't? Right. Is the government going to tell him he can't? Well, I mean... Again, now you're working on government force right. telling them that he can't do that type of thing. I mean, nepotism is kind of just, meh, it's one of those things that's kind of screwed up and maybe shouldn't happen, but... Well, neither yeah. should cronyism. No, cronyism isn't... I, 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 yeah, no, that's just... That's awful. Yeah. That's I think that's just in a different league. Mm-hmm. That's why I just... Yeah, no, no. I agree. Okay. I did want to talk about uh, the guy that, so like, I forget what his name is. Uh, Hayward, maybe? Mm. Maybe you have that. The one that was weighing his son.
0: I had his name down here somewhere.
1: Okay. So his last name's Hayward. I don't think I wrote down his full name. But so he described his custody battle
0: Fred Hayward.
1: Fred Hayward. And
0: he said his big question is, what is the reason for a male-dominated society?
1: What's the big, biggest reason? What's
0: the reason for a male-dominated society? I don't know. That was the note that I had with Fred Hayward.
1: Yeah. I mean, are we really in a male-dominated? We may make up more of the percentage of people, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, all right, so he, he fights for custody for his son. Mm-hmm. Um, his wife tricked him into having a baby. Then they had the baby. And right. then she left him. And then they started getting in this... We are getting, getting in this custody battle. Well, his son would come over and eat pretty good, clean. Healthy. He claimed, right? And then go back to his mom and he would come back in a couple of days and... He, he looked like he looked sick almost. Gained yep. weight and it was... <clears throat> uh, so he started weighing his son and when his son w- was getting what seemed to be sicker and sicker and larger and larger uh when they he brought forth this evidence to the court they told him to stop weighing his son yes
0: <laughs> that was
1: their cuz that's reasonable that
0: was their verdict
1: yeah yeah no well, longer allowed uh, the weigh the child
0: stop weighing your your
1: son um and here's where i don't like this man Is he claimed he got so sick that he had to give up custody. Yes. So.
0: Yes, this story was very confusing.
1: So he said that he got sick and so sick. And don't get me wrong. Stress does crazy things to people. But. Go see a therapist. Go talk to someone. He never said the...
0: where his stress was coming from, but it, they made it assume that it was over the custody battle.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. He, uh, to me, he made it seem to right. me that that's how what I gained you know, right. out of it. Yeah, he was sick because of the custody battle, and he said finally, he just said, I, "I have to give up custody," and he could no longer see his son. To me, that's unacceptable.
0: No, he gave up
1: the fight. Yeah, yeah, he gave up. Yeah, so I wrote, he gave up custody, pussy. <laughs> yeah and I'm he like, goes like you, you give it up i mean like, don't get me wrong. everyone gets sick you know suck it up buttercup go talk to somebody find a way to to make it work so you can see see your kid and instead he hasn't seen his kid in like six years Right? really like that's because that's going to be better for your kid to leave him with the wife that you're alleging is abusing him so his
0: his his platform were, all right, so the feminists are saying men are advantage to women. He said, however, women have the right for children. Men have to fight for children. Mm-hmm. And then men are not upset about having to be fathers. They're upset because they're not allowed to be fathers. That was his platform. Those were his quotes. Yeah. Again, talking about our little bubble that we yeah, live in, yeah. I don't necessarily see this.
1: No. No.
0: But I can't. I also don't want to say that it doesn't
1: exist. Of course, it, I'm exists, sure yeah. it exists. Yeah. Right? Well, they showed examples of it on the movie, and I'm so sure I mean, that
0: you know, and there, and and there's there's just probably as many deadbeat dads out there that don't want anything to do with their children. Yeah. And that they don't want to pay
1: support. They don't, don't want to. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. And that's where the focus lies, and they try to. That's that's being. Uh, put out there as the norm.
1: Yeah, and that that th- that's a good point. So the question is I guess is uh where what's the percentage of people that would rather just give up custody, go away, don't ever be a part of their kids life to the one that that wants their child. Right. And I just told you on Facebook the other night. Mm-hmm. I was I was um, I'm uh, in the dad groups. Yep. And, uh, trying to plug our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to and, do that too. And, uh, <laughs> I've been
0: kicked out of a bunch <laughs> of that yeah. You have to choose strategically. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> <when> <laughs> um, so, uh, this young guy, uh, he looked young. Um, it was holding a, a baby, a probably six month old baby and uh, maybe not even that old, but. He was stoked. He was just like, "Hey, I just want everyone to know I finally gained custody of my son. Oh, I'm so mm-hmm. I'm so happy!" And he didn't go into any of his story, which I wanted to contact him right. to like talk to him. But, but, um, but I don't. You don't normally see that. No, that is definitely not the norm. But that doesn't mean it's not the norm, right? Right. right. It just chooses. It, it just it says just, that the you know whatever you see on TV or you read in the newspaper is that's what they that's, want you to see. So it doesn't me mean know. that that's the norm either. So, right. so I guess the the question is, is what's the percentages there? Right. You know, what are the percentages of people that want to be deadbeats? And I mean, I can't think of anyone in our life that wants to be a deadbeat. No. Nope. You know, if they have to pay child support, they pay child support, or they're in their kids' lives. Right. So. Again, that's our bubble. (laughs) Right, I know. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, I I,
0: that, and I think that's why this movie it it was so intriguing to you. Absolutely, absolutely is because this was like an eye opener. Like this, well, these these are really some struggles that are happening,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: not only just in the country, but I I would think in the world.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like I wonder what Europeans like custody battles are like.
0: Yeah, I you know. know I don't. I, would, I I wouldn't even go as far as Europe. I would just say what? How did? Because it seems like everything in Canada is so
1: opposite of us. As far as like common sense, uh, yeah. like they yeah. actually rule with like common they, sense, right? Right, yeah. right. <laughs> Canadians yeah. trying to one up us, right? <laughs> Motherfucker, a <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> yeah. boot.
0: Yeah,
1: it's, it's, speak,
0: it's just getting off topic a little bit. <laughs> I was telling I was we were going through scrolling through like movies to watch. Yeah. And a Canadian bacon came up, <laughs> and I'm like, "Do you want to watch this?" And she's like, "I don't even know what that." I'm like, "Well, it's when you know they f- they forge war against Canada, yeah, a fake yeah, war against yeah, Canada." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so said it's absolutely hilarious, and no. the Canadians are so polite about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. So, I mean. Someone said that to me that uh, the UK, that if you sue someone in the UK, your case better be really good because if you lose, you owe like their lawyer's fees, your lawyer's fees, and anything the government used on it. Wow. I don't know how true that is. It should be that way. Yeah.
0: Well, let's talk about Casey J for, for a minute. So she was the director.
1: Cassie J. Cassie J. Sorry, <laughs> <That's> Casey. <right. laughs> Yep.
0: uh she was, uh, as she said in the very beginning of the movie, she was a devout feminist. going mm-hmm. into this movie, she had done all types of uh, you know documentaries on feminism, on motherhood, single parenthood, yep and such. Um, <clears throat> throughout the whole movie, you could see visible confliction during her diary talks.
1: I, yeah I think they grew they did grow. they grow as they yeah. went, yeah yeah
0: so at the end of the movie, when she talks about not knowing how deep down the rabbit hole she was gonna go, but she knows one thing, and that that was she was leaving behind feminism. Mm-hmm. Was that just you think a creative ending to her movie, or do you feel like
1: that was genuine? I would like to believe that she was being genuine. Yeah. Um, But I think maybe, I mean, if that, if those are the type. So if the, the people that she, if the people that she put in the movie are the ones that she met from feminism, then I would leave feminism too. Because the people that she put on the movie were unreasonable. And I thought um, it just mean. Right. A lot of them were just mean. And so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to be a part of that group either. And one of our, uh, emailers, you know, flat out says that, you know, one, those people were just a bad representation of feminism. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think, I think, uh, I would like to believe that that was a genuine, uh, a genuine sen- sentiment. But, uh, why do you think she just did it for the movie
0: um, I'm, I'm not sure I mean I know that she's done this she's not, this is not the only thing that she's done on this movie like I know that she's done some TED talks uh, but there's some there's some talk out there and I haven't yet been able to find and I thought one of our readers sent us a link for it about how much money she received from the men's rights movement towards this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I'm wondering, did that
1: influence her, 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 the way she
0: put this movie together?
1: Uh, You'd have to ask her, right? Right. I don't know.
0: That's the one thing I always get.
1: I mean, how much money?
0: Right. That's what I'm trying to find. Is it
1: 1%? Is it 2%? Is it 90%? (laughs) Then, well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, let's see. Talk about, it it later goes into domestic abuse. Yeah. And I think largely that is, uh, from a society perspective, that's, Women on men. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's generally... So uh, one of the things, uh, there's, I think, one or two domestic abuse shelters that actually accept males. Uh, One in three women and one in four men will experience physical violence from partners in the U.S. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I wonder how much of that goes unreported. Like, they always say that women under don't report rape because of shame or they don't think anything's going to happen or right. anything like that. I would say the same thing happens to men. Yeah. That men that get beat up or sexually assaulted, uh, they probably don't report it.
0: Uh, so just, you know, recently in the news, we've, you know, over the last year or last two years maybe, we've had the hashtag Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you? There was one male that came out during that. I don't know if you remember that. No, I don't. I don't. Terry Crews. What? Came out as a hashtag Me Too.
1: As Terry Crews, like the big muscle guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: As a uh, as a victim of, I, I don't think it was necessarily sexual assault, but I think it was sexual discrimination okay, in, in his profession, yeah, but it's sort of now if you look at it it's just it just goes to show you know I, I, and there was a ton of um ton of press around it because he's a man, yeah, and can a man have that type of experience in a male dominated world?
1: I mean, if your boss at the time is a woman, right, right. And she says, you want the part? Well, you can have it, but this is what you got to do. How is that any different than a man doing it to a woman?
0: So that just goes, it just, um, um, what am I trying to say? It just goes to show that do we live in a society where the feminist movement ideals... Are the mainstream way of thinking because here's a guy, like you said, uh you know who's a strong guy,
1: yeah. big muscle bound
0: muscle you know has, has had a good thing,
1: yeah hilarious v-
0: very funny, you know, and he's coming out in this hashtag me too movement. And everyone's like, "What? <laughs> like that wasn't even like that? Like that couldn't even happen."
1: So well, no one really questioned it when Kevin Spacey was getting run through the ringer. No, and he attacked the mail.
0: He was found not guilty.
1: Well, they dropped the charges. He dropped the charges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he got ridiculed. He got he did. They, he got thrown off House of Cards. I mean. I don't even remember Terry Crews coming out. I don't know. Yeah. But, I mean, for me, the Me Too movement was... It almost went to a level of absurdity because it came down to the point where you just had to accuse someone they were guilty. And that's wrong. If you're not allowed to defend yourself from accusations... Right. You just get you know, your shows are canceled, you get your this done to you, or you get that done to you. You're done. You're done. It doesn't matter whether or not you're guilty or it's just, well, that woman just felt uncomfortable because of a date you had. I think on season, sorry, or something like that. Like he thought the date went fine and he thought everything was consensual. And then all of a sudden, well, she felt bad that day. Right. The next day. So she wouldn't. So, I mean, at, at what I think people need to be able to defend themselves. Yeah. So I think, don't get me wrong, Me Too movement, was it good in certain respects of it? Hell yeah, it was. A lot of really shit-headed people got taken down that needed to get taken down. Hell yeah.
0: It gave people courage and numbers to come out and say, hey, this has happened to me.
1: I think, and that's a great thing. It certainly is a great thing. I, but think, on the I think the hand, issue on that... the other hand that people should be able to defend themselves. I mean, especially if you're taking their livelihoods away. Right. They should at least be able to defend themselves. And that didn't get, in a lot of cases, that didn't happen.
0: We're supposed to be living in an innocent until proven guilty yeah. society. Yeah. However, the overwhelming influence that media has on your way of thinking yeah. just completely disregards that whole theory of the judicial system.
1: Yeah. And we go from one, and one, one meter to the other, right? right? We just like, we were just supposed to automatically believe the accuser. Right. Just automatically, you know, and that was like the Kevin Spacey thing. Right. Well, they started demanding stuff from him, like his text and his phone calls, the accuser. And then, Oh, imagine that his, he dropped the case, right? You
0: know, his mother yeah.
1: deleted. Oh, yeah. Deleted messages. Yeah. You know? she oh, was, shocking.
0: She so, says, "Oh, I wish I hadn't done that." At this point, well, I mean, if there was that much evidence, common sense would say, "I'm gonna hang on to this." You would give it to the lawyer, right? I'm yeah. gonna hang on to this because. So,
1: so that's my my point is you would you would. uh when When I say it went to one point where it's almost insanity, you know like you just you just point your finger at that person and they're gonna burn' them at the stake, yeah, you know that's wrong. They should be able to at least try to prove their innocence and it's not
0: and it's it's got nothing to do with celebrity status either that trickles all the way down to you know what you see on the nightly
1: news, yep all right, so okay, getting towards the end of the movie. Um, he talks She talks about the Cassie J talks about the original article That she read at the beginning of the movie Which was called Bash a Violent Bitch Yes me. And she talks about that because that was one of the first things That she read from Paul Elam It turns out it was a response In a response to another article That was written by a feminist blog That was have you ever beat up A boyfriend because we have Right and it was a pretty brutal article apparently about encouraging women to beat up their boyfriends um so does but why write an article bash your bash a violent bitch you know what i mean like why write that article emotion i yeah i guess so but like I, and i'm not saying it's right yeah yeah <laughs>
0: You know, like think how many times have you written an email to someone and you've had to like take a step back and say, All right, I'm not going to send this right now because I feel like it's emotion filled and I need to collect my thoughts and write write something rational. And not everyone has, I think, that intuitive thinking capability. They're just going to act 100% off of emotion. And obviously, they felt wronged. And they were going to try to make it right and...
1: Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Over emotion. Right. Because otherwise, I, that doesn't... That doesn't... If you really care about men's rights, then that doesn't move it your... It doesn't
0: help your it platform. It doesn't move
1: your platform at all. No. I feel like that's just... And
0: on the same, same token, the, the article that was put out by the feminist movement doesn't move them forward in a positive light either. No. No. So you know, shame on both. I mean, either
1: one of them. Do either one of them really get that much press? I mean, how you know how widely circulated with either one of those? And I I bet you, the bash the violent bitch article got a lot more press (laughs) after he after he wrote that. But absolutely. All right. Well, um, I guess what what would be your overall conclusion? You know, how do you how how can we fix things? How could If you had a magic wand, like, how would you fix this? Could you?
0: I feel like there was one quote I wrote down down from the movie, and uh, I forgot. I didn't write down who stated it. I wish I did. But whoever it was said, hate is the most destructive force in the world. and Hate and jealousy. I feel like in order for us as a society to ever be able to live in a peaceful cohesive environment that's what you're going to have to get rid of you're going to have to get rid of hate yeah and
1: it's a tough thing it's
0: a tough thing because you have you have hate and you're, uh, the, the, the democracy of our country, and one of our writers wrote in about this, you have Democrats and Republicans, and all they spew is hate towards each other. And that's, these are the people that are, are running our country, they're making our laws, and that's all they're putting out. Nope. so how how do you how that's, do you change
1: that yeah that's how they found out they, they can activate their base right yeah. so it's uh yeah it's sad it's really sad and i i agree with you to an extent i think but i think i think jealousy also is a bad is one of those things that runs things i think it's all mm-hmm. within that you know that feeling you know judging always judging people right. oh god i try not to it's but it's hard sometimes right, right. like you i I find myself talking shit about someone yeah. <laughs> and I go, you know what? And, and I, a lot of times uh, I, I get mad at myself because I'm, you know, I am really trying to better myself. I'm trying not to judge other people because right. I always try to put myself in their shoes and mm-hmm. what would I be doing? And, um, sometimes if I put myself in their shoes and I said, well, you, you should fucking try harder. But mm-hmm. I mean, but I mean, yeah, it's when, really tough. When it,
0: you're in when you're in kindergarten or or you're in first grade, you're you're taught the golden rule, and that's treat others as you want to be treated. Yeah, and then I think that leaves <laughs> leaves at the end of that year.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, when, we 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 are trying to. I mean, that's what we teach our kids. Yeah, would you like that? What, what he what you just did to him? Would you like that? Would you like that? Oh, right. no. I yeah.
0: say that to Cameron all the time. You but it's know? more than
1: just hitting. I um, mean, you know, you're calling people names. Oh, yeah. And, you know, yeah,
0: yeah. I, you know yeah. I, we talk about social media all the time and how mean uh, are the kids are on social media. And yeah. we'll hear bits and pieces of it. And I always say, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't want someone to be saying that to you. So remember that the next time you get angry with someone and you yeah. to hop on the keyboard... Remember that?
1: Oh, so I had one thought at the end of this. As far as double standards go. It was after women registering for the draft. So, I was in the United States Coast Guard. I was a border patrol agent. And each one of those services, if you're a male or you're female, they have a double standard when it comes to your PT.
0: Yes. It was the same in my profession.
1: Why? If we're equal, then why?
0: Yeah, that's a great question.
1: That's one thing that's always bothered me. Again, I'm not saying that women shouldn't be in the military, shouldn't be a border patrol, shouldn't be in law enforcement, shouldn't be a fireman, firewoman, shouldn't be, you know, shouldn't do any of those things. Not saying that they shouldn't do any of those things, but why is there a double standard? Why do women have to do less in those professions to, to qualify for them?
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I that was the, that, that's the only thing, like, what, claiming for equality, claiming for equality, but then certain things, I, I mean, those standards have been around for a while. So uh, as far as conclusion on how to fix it,
0: pfft, yeah.
1: good luck. I don't know. Government can't guarantee equality, and I think they've proven that over the years. They tried, but they just screw it up. Yeah. So... And as far as you know guaranteeing pay how do, how do you do that how, like 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 you said you you, you have to intimidate mm-hmm. private companies right. into paying people maybe
0: and is that is so that, so
1: do you do you cut the men and
0: is that uh, and does that violate the you know land of the free yeah I think it does
1: well. I think there's a lot of stuff that does that. (laughs) Yeah. All right. um, I think that's going to end us, uh, you know, kind of diving into the movie other than we're going to read the responses and, uh, and uh, maybe we'll add a few opinions in here and there. But uh, other than that, we're just going to read the responses and then uh, our final conclusion and we'll leave it at that.
0: All right. I'll start off with this one uh, from one of our listeners
1: and uh this
0: is uh this is this is what they had to say throughout the movie there is no doubt a theme of patriarchy my feeling is this change doesn't happen overnight you try telling billions of people that tomorrow we will all forget the ways things have been done or in quotations the norm and now we're going to do it this way So over time, we have seen changes happening where more women are getting out in the workforce, for example. Is that enough? Maybe, maybe not. Again, you can't just all of a sudden wake up tomorrow and expect everything to be different just because you want it to be. My fear is that we'll have such a radical swing instead of what should have happened, which is a healthy balance of power and equality. Look at where we are today versus 50 years or 100 years ago. In the grand scheme of things, that's a blink of an eye when you consider how long we've been civilized. I feel that the reason why the stats are so skewed to men's deaths in the workplace is not so much that they flock to these riskier jobs, it's just that there isn't that balance of equality established yet. I'm curious to see what those stats are in another 50 to 100 years when there are more women in the workforce taking on the riskier jobs. I also wonder what non-extreme feminists think about all of this. Do they even want to have high-level, high-stress, risky, life-threatening jobs? I feel men are in these positions because that is the way it's always been, the norm, not because they want to be. My last point is just because something was written doesn't mean it's correct. The Bible was written only after generations have passed on stories. I'm sure there was some dilution in what the intent was. For crying out loud, we have been continually at war for thousands of years over religion. That doesn't seem right, so we should accept the way it is, the only way. No, we need to continue challenging things. Somewhere in the middle of active activism lies a balance. I like that. That I thought that was that a very was, well written. Yeah. I, I truly hope this writer is around in a hundred years <laughs> <laughs> to write us in again. <laughs> but some, some valid points uh, I, there. I like his
1: last line. I like somewhere in the middle of activism lies a balance. Yes. I, I like that. Um, but, uh, the riskier jobs, uh, high level stress, you know, life threatening jobs. Do they really want them? Um, yeah, I, I, like I said before, I think that 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 percentage, looking at it, see, you know, how they're entering the you know the work fields. Yeah, I can, I mean, I started in plumbing in two thousand two ish. I can tell you, there is a lot more women in the industry now yeah. than there was then. Is it exponential growth? again i don't know we only i only live in a certain bubble but um that i would i would be curious to see that number to see how yeah. much it's grown over the last right. you know 15 years yeah that's I a st- statistic that, that wasn't wasn't yeah, put in the movie that definitely wasn't presented. and it makes
0: me wonder was it put in the in the movie not on purpose because she seems pretty thorough about her movie so would that have skewed things the opposite the way? the opposite
1: way yeah i mean i think you would have yeah but if you're if you're a feminist trying to prove these guys wrong wouldn't it, it would support your well, women are getting into these rescuer jobs right, right? That's true. so why wouldn't you if you you know in you know unless the MRAs are paying for your movie <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, I'm gonna do uh, emailer number one, okay, um, as we so lovingly refer this one's a little bit longer. Uh, it was really funny. So I, I emailed this person and was like, hey, c- you know, just wondering if you have the time. I know they're busy. So I was like, yeah, if you have the time, can you just, uh, can you just look this movie over for me and just, mm-hmm. you know, let me know what you think. And I had just been messaging this person. Or... No, I was on Facebook talking with them. And, like, silence. After that. Yeah. Nothing. I was like, okay. I guess... You can just say no. <laughs> you know, like, that's cool. That's cool. And, like, the next day sent me this two-page email. Right. I was like, oh, awesome. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we do appreciate it. It was cool. All right. Uh, I find it strange that the documentarian explains how much bitch-rape-feminazi comments she made to wade through in order to start to understand men's issues but even with full editorial control over her own movie, she never revisits those comments nor holds the leaders of that movement accountable for hosting them on websites or saying them. See, she put a couple of links in her emails. Um, the depictions of what feminism means is shallow in many places of the movie, perhaps due to it being understood in a shallow way by the actual feminists or perhaps due to a shallow depiction of, by the movie staff, maybe both. For example... The Ms. Magazine editor not acknowledging that she understands men are disadvantaged in family matters seems either poorly filmed or poorly spoken. A strange moment certainly not representative of feminism as a movement and comes across as disingenuous by the filmmakers. My interjection here. But maybe that woman just doesn't believe that men are disadvantaged. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. Sorry. Sorry i.e. one woman speaks unsympathetically towards men, uh, therefore all of feminism is wrong. Reductive for sure and untrue. I was surprised at how much time the film spent on family issues, although if you understand that the point of the film is to gain women's support for men's issues, then I guess you can understand the time allocation on the family matters since those issues are more sympathetic to women. Seems like a persuasion tactic, but it's okay. The part I did not understand was how the patriarchal structure's role in actually creating those biased laws and putting them in the place was never examined in the film. I'm not saying men wrote those bad laws, so blame men. I said that. (laughs) (laughs) I am saying there is a patriarchal structure which values men as emotionally suppressive providers and as women, as unpaid laboring uh, reproducers, and that the ideology caused the unfair laws Uh, the mostly male lawmakers to write and pass such laws. That was in quotations, I'm sorry. Why was the process and the makers and enforcers of the unfair laws not examined? And the power that the men hold to change those laws, given their over-representation in law? The general sentiment of family laws are biased. Is harped on over and over again with sad background music and personal stories, but why does she not examine Who has power to set and change those laws? This is why the film comes across as shallow. The best representative of actual feminist views on biased family laws was the angry red-haired woman protester, Big Red, who was reading off feminist goals in order to try and convince men's rights that they stand for the same thing. She also called the guy a fuckface, and she told him to go fuck himself. I condone none of this, of course, but I wonder... Why did the film crew choose to show the most reasonable actual feminist arguments in the movie as depicted by this woman swearing? And why not track down those men making rape and death threats from the beginning of the movie in the name of men's rights? And why not show their faces too whilst they spill their hate? Clearly an editorial choice meant to display the most reasonable feminist argumentation as embodied by this woman yelling fuck over and over. While choosing to display the men's rights folks as soft spoken and pleasant, never addressing the very real and very violent rhetoric they host on their platforms and online discussions, I think that's I, I mean that's a pretty good point. I, I the overall theme is it's a movie, yeah. and it
0: has theatrics, and I agree one hundred percent with that. Well,
1: I, I I I didn't think of this before, but I'm, when I'm reading this now, Big Red probably hit, did have the better of the arguments, but I. I was shut down right. when she it started was, being, was she was so rude. Mm-hmm. She was so awful to that mm-hmm. one guy. Yep. And it's not like he was calling her bad names. She was just extremely awful person. Yeah. So I stopped listening to her argument. Like I didn't, st- I really wasn't listening to her content because she was too busy calling the guy a fuck face. Mm-hmm. So... All right. Uh, Erin Pizzi said the feminist movement changed the enemy from capitalism to patriarchy. Then she says sarcastically, the enemy is patriarchy, all men. This is a character of feminism. Patriarchy is not all men are bad. This is not an honest depiction of feminist theory. The men's access to domestic violence shelters is an interesting issue. Great topic that is only spoken about for a few minutes. I thought here that again, there was absolutely no focus on who are the lawmakers who allocate money to state-funded shelters? And what patriarchal values are those lawmakers beholden to that cause them to poorly fund shelters? Why don't shelters in general get funded more? Why don't the majority of men in lawmaking power, ch- lawmaking power change this? The answer is the ideology of patriarchy, which punishes men for being vulnerable and validates women for being vulnerable. I'm not happy with the depictions of feminists turning away from men turning away men from domestic violence shelters. But I also feel like the relative power is not addressed of A, some feminist people working at shelters with underfunded resources, turning men away versus B, actual male lawmakers who can provide more funding to the shelters and even pass laws to mandate equal support of male victims, etc. The power dynamic of the various parties involved here is not explored in the movie. Toward the end of the movie, Paul Elam says that feminist scholars have spent 50 years demonizing men as inherently violent and predatory. He says that feminists have postulated that masculinity is a disease. These are not feminist views. It sounds like he is watching Talking Heads on MSNBC and Fox News and then forming his own cartoon version of feminism instead of reading bell hooks and other actual feminist scholars. (laughs) Mm-hmm. More gross comments by Elam if you follow those additional links. She, oh, sorry. She put in links. Uh, a bit strange that not one of the nasty comments by Elam or MR was featured. He, of course, appears very nice and reasonable in the movie. Uh, okay. Karen Strawn makes a good point that patriarchy being bad is named after men and the force for justice named after women as feminism. My opinion is that these movements have struggled to find good terminology That makes everyone feel included. There's the actual fact of the matter that early feminism fought for women to not be owned as property by men. And currently the actual feminist movement does fight for political and social equality of women to men. So there is some clear historical origin of the words in modern accuracy too. That does not mean that the new term, that new terminology should not be sought after in order to merge reasonable feminism with reasonable men's rights into a new movement. I'm always in favor of more accurate, inclusive terminology. Recent attempts at changing the terminology included Emma Watson's he for she, which was a huge flop. Uh, That was a huge flop IMO and still worded in favor for women. New words and new movement is really badly needed. Overall, overall, I was surprised that Cassie J making the documentary did not seem to ask follow-up questions. Her role in the film was to sit and listen and just emotionally express awe and shock. I would have liked to see more critical analysis of the MR representative shown, and more critical analysis of actual parts of feminist theory too. Uh, as far as Elam making nasty comments, I I forgot she gave me that link, so I meant to look at it and I mm. didn't. But yeah, I mean, she, Cassie J didn't challenge anybody.
0: No, she didn't. That's, that's she didn't, but she didn't that. challenge
1: anybody. No, right. So when the feminist listened. when yeah. the feminist said something, she asked mm-hmm. a question. When the feminist said something, she listened. When the MRA said something, she listened. So I think the if the, she was going to Hector everybody, then I'm good with it. But if she's only going to Hector one you know segment of the society, obviously it's not you know. And then if you're going to Hector people, are people going to sit down with you? Yeah. You know, are people going to just get up and leave? So she does want to make a movie, right? Right. But otherwise, I thought that was a, I, I thought that was a great email. So.
0: All right, we have two more, two more uh, writers to get through. I'll, I'll read this next one. <clears throat> In totality, I thought the woman who created the documentary had it right when she said something to the effect of, "I agree with most of what you are saying." but there is still something that makes me uneasy about it all. And that's when she was talking to Elam. Yep. That was probably the only challenge in the actual movie from what the previous read.
1: Yeah, review. and I don't think she really challenged him. It was more it was, just like just she was just saying like, right. I feel like I should not be agreeing with you. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So
0: this writer goes on to say, <clears throat> there are a number of reasons I feel uneasy about this group, but not necessarily what they are fighting for. The group appeared to me to be a collection of men slighted or defeated by women. They all had their hard luck story where we only got their side of things. I'm not saying that these terrible things didn't happen exactly as they say, but having only one side of a story is usually a terrible way of getting a fair understanding of the actual events that occurred. Creating a group for men's rights... Solely from a group of men that have tragic hard luck story where women appears to be the villain seems like a bad jumping off point. I think that's a intuitive perspective. Yep. Yep. Most of the facts they spouted off about suicide rates, death rates on the job, inequity of family courts, inequity of domestic violence abuse centers is indisputable. But using anecdotes are a poor way of framing things, and they distort the originations of the inequities. What I mean is you can tell a story about how a dad lost his job, so he couldn't provide for his family, so his wife left him, and the family courts then just quickly gave custody of the mother. The dad felt inadequate and sad he doesn't have visitation, so he goes and kills himself. This story cutely fits into their narratives around how men have stresses women don't to be the breadwinners of the family. They have inequities in family courts, and they have high suicide rates due to these society pressures. However, the anecdotal stories ignore various causes for things and just add a sympathetic tilt to what could be a very small part of the given population. This group is taking on societal norms that don't seem to have rational solutions, and quite frankly, I didn't hear about any from them. Women and men for years have been fighting for equality for women. I think that's a great point right there. That's a great sentence. Women and men for years have been fighting for equality for women. Mm Absolutely. Absolutely. They have been doing this early on by fighting for their suffrage, right to own land, gain in education, professional opportunities, and frankly to be included in politics. All of these things had easy and obvious tangible goals because it was simply allowing women to participate in every aspect of a private and professional life in areas they were previously disallowed and ignored in. This was largely accomplished through legislation, and simply indicated that men and women should be treated equally. But this group is taking on an issue that has no solution. Specifically, I am referring to their pointing out that men die more than women in the workplace because they take dangerous jobs. Firstly, I don't dispute this fact, but what is the solution here? Do they simply want women to be in dangerous jobs at an equal rate? Do they want women to die at work so it's equitable with men? Are we going to force women to apply for these jobs? The whole issue ignores the fact that men are choosing to work these jobs and women are choosing not to. It's a choice, and we talked about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: It's a choice made by men. Nobody is telling women they can't work these jobs or telling men they have to. There is no obvious legislation put in place to fix this issue. You can't outlaw dangerous jobs. They still need to get done. You can't force women to want these jobs. Equal rights still means they have a choice. You can outlaw men from taking these jobs. You can they can choose to work a job that will uh, allow them to make a living wage which seems to be hard enough these days without politicians making it harder. I just don't understand the point of making people aware of this issue unless you have a solution for it. When complaining from the voice of the majority, you need to go about things differently than when coming from the voice of the minority. What they are doing is a lot like a white person complaining to the many minority races in the United States that we have some inequalities that white people face in the country that we want addressed. It's absurd to come from that angle and doesn't help or solve anything. If anything, it just causes further disdain from the minority side. The sad thing is many of the issues this men's group is fighting for couldn't easily be co-opted by the feminist side because they are largely fighting for these similar things but with the tactic they have used to fight for this awareness they are really just alienating the feminist movement and gaining a base for their movement that is hostile to the perceived opposing side ignoring this group is comprised of
1: well you just completely yep. Obliterated that sentence. Sorry, writer. I'm going to start
0: that over. (laughs) Ignoring who this group is composed of and how they were making their arguments, they did have some valid thoughts. I do think there are some inequities in divorce and family courts that could likely use some changes. Although I don't think some of these numbers are skewed by how easy it is for a father to simply walk away from an unborn child. And the mother has less easy time of it since she has to, you know, birth it. Men's health issues are important and should continue to be talked about. And there's a link. There's a link on men's women's suicide. And I found it interesting when considering why rates are so high. Did you know that women actually attempt suicide more often, but fail more frequently? kind of skews the numbers back, doesn't it? Maybe this is sort of a mental health issue that appears to be a problem for both sexes.
1: Men are just a better at things <laughs> certain <laughs> things. That's awful. That was sorry. That was awful. I'm sorry. That's all I get.
0: <laughs> yeah. I all <laughs> uh, You just totally discredited I, both I know. of our episodes I know. in one <laughs> sentence. <laughs> I also thought the numbers on how men receive longer sentences than women were intriguing. And again, the men should have simply combined forces with the feminists to fight for similar sentencing. Not harsher sentencing for women, but more flexible system that allows for situational sentencing. Anyways, I thought this documentary was interesting, and I don't think the men's right movement is all bad, but they aren't doing a whole lot right to fight for men's rights. They need a revised platform and they need to combine forces with the feminists so we can have equal rights. Why on earth do we need two groups fighting for the same equality of sexes that we should all be fighting for? We already learned that when we split our leadership into two groups, Democrats, Republicans, all we get is a standstill and people not working together. This country should start discussing and debating issues in good faith again and working toward common goals instead of trying to strong arm each other into doing what our party says we should do. I thought that was a very well-written email.
1: Yep. Yeah, I, I like the uh, the point of the, you know, and I think our original emailer kind of said the same thing was, you know, like, yeah, they're, they're looking at doing the same thing. So why Mm -hmm. they should be fighting together. Yeah, they absolutely should. Working together. Um, yeah. And I think that I agree with, uh, this emailer completely as far as, you know, some of those, uh, and we talked about it in the first episode, I think the, um, the death rates and whatnot; yeah. those numbers are skewed. Yep, those numbers are simply skewed, and it just they use them because it supports their argument that men don't have men are more you know dispensable than than women are. And that that I don't type think
0: of thing. I don't think the actual statistics are skewed. I think the I think the numbers are valid. I think
1: no 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 those are valid. Right. I mean those are but I think how they were used how they're using it is right. to say like oh well yeah this is why we don't have equality right. you know you want st- how about this if you want men to stop dying in war. Stop going to war. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Mm-hmm. So, shocking, I know. What would our life be without bombing the Middle East? All right. Wow, uh, this is our last, last respondent. Last emailer. I watched The Red Pill last night, and I'm glad to know that you're planning to spend a podcast episode discussing it because I think that's exactly what needs to happen next. Voices that aren't being included in the conversation need to be heard, and that's why using your platform to elevate them is so important. While it wasn't news to me that both men and women are negatively affected by the way gender roles are currently defined, I know it will be to many folks, and that's why it's crucial we engage in civil discourse about this topic and where we go from here. Speaking of civil discourse, I was deeply saddened to see how disrespectful Big Red was in the film and how dismissive Spiller was of men's experiences with domestic violence in family court. For example... Such attitudes and behaviors are completely antithetical to the safe spaces that feminism strives to create, and and it truly disheartened me to see how they minimize men's voices and needs. I firmly believe that we can, and need to, expand everyone's ability to live in a way that is true to who they are without infringing on others' rights to do the same. What I think we lose sight of, or don't understand in American culture, is that such freedom begets responsibility." I have to be willing to do the work that's necessary in order to create the world that I want to live in and that I want to leave to my children. I have to raise my sons in a way that teaches them it's okay to be whomever they are and that they are responsible for intentionally creating safe spaces where others can be themselves as well. The only way we can do that, in my opinion, is to have open, respectful conversations about personal experiences so we can identify themes across gender and other identity factors that need to be addressed through systemic policy, cultural changes. Then we know where to focus our time and energy. The conclusion that the film never drew, that I really wanted it to, is that there's no us and them when it comes to men versus women. There is privilege and oppression. I believe it is crucial to recognize that where we fall on the spectrum of privilege and oppression is dynamic, not static, because in do- so doing, we will understand that oppression affects everyone. No one is immune to it because of their gender and other factors, but the film focused on this one. No one is completely privileged nor completely oppressed. We are a mirror of one and less of the other depending upon the situation. That's why we need to attune to our current standing based upon the political climate. History, uh, political climate, history, and who is sitting around the table, and use that self-awareness to work toward equilibrium of power. I really wanted Cassie J to highlight the powerful connection that comes through the commonality of oppression, and how that connection erases the us against them mentality, so we can get the, to work together on creating a society that lets them lets men be vulnerable and women be leaders, and everyone be safe. Thanks for inviting me to watch the film. Oh, she said I hadn't heard of it. Otherwise, so I probably wouldn't have watched it. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I think that's another uh, common on, common on, theme. Yeah, another another mm-hmm. theme. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I think uh, when it comes down to it, is just it's it's an equal goal. For yeah. everybody. Absolutely. Right. Why is it but then in our society you look at it and you watch you watch TV and it's always it's always something us against them. There's oh. always some type of awful racism. But there's always some type of anti-Semitism. There's always some type of, like it's just like
0: so everything,
1: everything the president says is racist. Everything that so, this person says is anti or he doesn't like women, or or th- this person over here just hates black people. You know, like it right. just like it just seems like it's bred on TV.
0: Well, this is this is how our society works. Say you and I are very passionate about something, and we decide to start a grassroots movement on trying to improve upon whatever, mm-hmm. and then we get some momentum and more people join our movement and more people join our movement. But then one person disagrees with one thing that's going on in our platform and they branch out and they start their own group, Mm -hmm. essentially trying to do the same thing we're doing, but with that one difference. And now instead of working together now you've got those two groups trying to accomplish a similar goal.
1: It, and honestly, I think that's fine. It's when that other group starts calling you a Nazi. Right. Or something that you're not.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, he doesn't do this because he's a white nationalist. When it's blatantly not true. Correct. Um, so there's discord. And, you know, and.
0: I think one of the common, one of the, I don't know, it wasn't necessarily a common theme, but one of the themes that one of the writers had. That I really, really like is the film is filled with um, issues that don't necessarily have solutions.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's frustrating for us as Americans because well, we're a society driven by we need the answers. We need an answer.
1: Well, I think we kind of touched on that. Like, what's, yeah. what's, what is the, what is the solution to not having enough women in dangerous jobs? What is right. what is the solution to not having enough women CEOs? Are you going to force companies right. to make women CEOs? Right. They talked about you know, So I mean what what I mean you can encourage them, but I mean it, it, you know it you can't how can you force them to do right. it?
0: Same with, you know, we have a predominantly male Congress and Senate. Yeah. You know, why aren't they
1: we should just get rid of them anyway. Addressing them. I mean, they're pretty situations. freaking useless right. anyway. So,
0: and that's I because mean, politics, I don't think politics are national, uh, you know, about issues anymore. They're more about lobbyists and money. And, oh, it's money. It's yeah. all money.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're useless. Piles of garbage. Yep.
0: Well, I Man, thought this is.
1: This was really fun. Yeah, I um, thought it was a great discussion. This is probably the most serious we'll ever get. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and we we thank you if you... Uh,
0: My sister if, says, I like your podcast. She goes, but the serious ones just don't fit your your two personalities.
1: I, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I <laughs> know. Uh, uh, I was like, ah, we don't take ourselves too seriously. And then I listened to that episode and I'm like... Uh, we're taking ourselves we're way too, we're t- way too serious,
0: <laughs> but it was a great movie. It was an eye opener. It made made me think. And
1: I still love to have those type of discussions. Yeah, um, even though I may not be bright enough to do it. So, uh, <laughs> thank you for listening. Uh, please, please uh, share, subscribe, like. review, like. Yes, please. Um, we yeah, appreciate we, there, all the support.
0: We, please on on our on our Facebook page. If you liked any of our episodes. Leave us a review, please, because that's only—that's the only way we're gonna be able to get our our podcast
1: out to more people. Is yeah, and share with one friend. Yeah. You know, just just say, hey, have you heard of these guys? They're pretty funny. Or no,
0: these two guys are idiots. But yeah, you these still want to listen. But to them. you'll get entertained. <laughs> yeah, that's entertained. <laughs> listen
1: to them; they're stupid. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, thanks again. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Later. Later.